Welcome to the Walk Talks podcast, a resource produced by Southland Christian Ministries located in Ringgold, Louisiana. Our purpose is to provide you with daily devotions so that you can faithfully grow in your relationship with Christ each and every day. We hope these truths will be an encouragement to you as you hear from God's Word today. Hello, this is Mike Herbster again, and this is the Walk Talk podcast coming from Southland Christian Ministries, and we hope this can be a blessing to you today as we just let God challenge us to grow and have a walk that is pleasing to Him. We're going back to Psalm 85, where we left off on my last podcast, and the theme of Wilt Thou Not Revive Us Again, Letting the Glory Return. Bring Back the Glory is the idea of this wonderful psalm penned by David, and we've seen that God wants us to praise Him for what He's done on our behalf, his favorable, forgiving, withholding of his fierceness. What a blessing to praise the Lord for, both personally and nationally, that God has shown favor, forgiveness, and withheld his fierceness in our lives. Verses 1 through 3 show us this need to praise God for that. That keeps us sparked and revived and stokes the fire, and the glory of God is present in in our personal praise of God. But second of all, I want you to notice as we look at verses 4 through 7 and then, Lord willing, verses 8 and 9, I want you to notice two things that that we need to have if we're going to bring back the glory. And the first thing is in verses 4 through 7 that we need to be people of prayer. In the present situation that they were in, the Israelites were challenged by David. In verse 4 and following, "'Turn us, O God, of our salvation.'" and cause thine anger toward us to cease. Wilt thou be angry with us forever? Wilt thou draw out thine anger to all generations? Wilt thou not revive us again, that thy people may rejoice in thee? Show us thy mercy, O Lord, and grant us thy salvation. In these simple verses, we see the prayer that comes to the people of God who were in an oppressed, awful situation. And when we look at our society, we look at our nation, We look at the awful situation that we are in. We can either allow that to cause us to be filled with anxiety, fear, and depression, or we can walk forward by faith, trusting God, and spending time giving these things over to God in prayer. So prayer is no substitute for action. We need both, and that's what we're going to see in verses 8 and 9, that the the prayer led them to action. We'll get there in just a moment. But notice the prayer is to turn us back to God. It's, it's a prayer for a re, uh, an about turn, for confession of sin, for acknowledgement of wrongdoing. There's a prayer, second of all, for the withholding of his anger. Will thou be angry for, with us forever? Asking God to withhold his, his full uh, judgment, which we're thankful that God answers that prayer every single day. God has every right to destroy the wicked, to take us out every time we sin. Our sin has consequences, and, and judgment upon our, our sin is, is necessary. But I'm glad that God is not giving us the full uh, anger, the full judgment in his anger, but he's withholding some of that anger. And then the, the prayer for revival, wilt thou not revive us again? So daily we should be in the culture and setting that we're in and in our lives of seeking to have the glory of God. We ought to be spending time praying that God would redo his work, rekindle it, bring something new in, into our life. And by 
um, by the word of God and, and through the power of God to strengthen us in these, these times. Prayer is a necessary thing. We would lead um, ourselves in prayer, our families in prayer, our congregations in prayer, and our churches, and that we would both pray personally and, uh, and publicly for God to revive us. And then the last part of that prayer is that, that he would send forth his mercy. Show us thy mercy, O Lord and grant us thy salvation. Look, as we look at the, the wickedness of the world, our hearts should cry for God's mercy to shine, for more people to be saved, to be spreading the love of Jesus Christ. May this be our prayer. You know, it says, if my people, which are called by my name, will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked way, then will I hear from heaven, forgive their sin, and heal their land. God wants his people to be a praying people. So when we think about verses 1 through 3 of Psalm 85 and the praise that we need to have for God's favor and forgiveness, we can't stand by in apathy thinking that God is always going to show his power and favor, but we should be desperately praying and pleading for God to make himself known, to show himself powerful, to shine his mercy both in our lives and in the lives of others. I hope that today you will spend some time praying these specific prayers that are absolutely central to allowing the glory of God to return. May the glory of God come back as it says in this, in this wonderful text that glory may dwell in our land. Now verses 8 and 9 help us to see that along with that prayer comes action. You see the the present situation they were in led them to pray. The history of their past led them to praise, verses 1 through 3. But it's important for us to understand revival doesn't happen just because we praise and pray. We need to actually perform what God calls us to do. We need to be obedient and have action. Notice the action that comes in verses 8 and 9. And we'll, we'll look at this quickly. It says, I will hear what God the Lord will speak. The first action of obedience is a willingness to hear and believe and do whatever God says we should do. The Bible says that we ought not be just hearers of the word, but doers of the word. Now, if we're going to hear what God says to do, then we ought to be always wanting to place ourselves in the place where God's word is spoken at church, at revival meetings, at camp opportunities, listening to preaching online and, and of course, reading it and allowing it to come into our hearts by way of our daily time with God as well. No revival will take place apart from an, an interest, a delight, a love in the wonderful Word of God. How much, are, how much time are you spending with, with God in His Word? How willing are you to hear? Is it something you look forward to when you kind of anticipate when you go to church to hear what God has to say to you so that you have an intent to not just hear it, but to heed what God says to do. No revival takes place. No glory comes back to the land if we sit idly by and disobey what God calls us to do. Part of that obedience follows in verse 8 when it says, I will hear what the Lord will speak, for he will speak peace unto his people and to his saints, but let them not turn again to folly. So part of our obedience in, in this passage, to see the glory return is a willingness to turn from folly. The word folly is foolishness and wickedness. 
we have a tendency to forget the times of judgment and the way it changed us. And so we often will drift back into a love of the world, a love of fleshly things. And it seems like Christianity is more and more worldly and less and less like the Word. The Word of God, when it has its impact, will draw us away from folly. We must be utilizing discernment, spiritual judgment and wisdom to, to remove ourselves from foolishness and wickedness every single day that glory may dwell in the land. I'm, I'm so frustrated with what I see in Christianity these days. It's almost like a welcoming of the world. We actually have organizations and preachers who are saying we need to be like the world to win the world. And this is in direct opposition to both this text and many, many others where it calls us to remove ourselves from foolishness and, and wickedness, to get ourselves away from folly, or to be different on purpose, set apart, unique, not loving the world, but being, uh, but being transformed and not conformed to the world, but being renewed in the spirit of our minds. It's so clear that friendship with the world is enmity with God, and whosoever therefore is a friend of the world is the enemy of God. So, child of God today, what is the folly that's in your life? What are the, the frivolous, worldly, fleshly things that you are participating in? Sometimes that, that comes by way of social media. Sometimes that comes by, by way of our entertainment. Boy, that, there's a lot of that out there, whether it's video games or movies or scrolling on reels and doing TikTok and all the different modes of visual entertainment that often allow us to be desensitized and we allow the world to creep in. And, and let's just be honest, we, we allow foolishness and sometimes wickedness by way of those things, whether that's our friendships, whether that's our language, whether that's uh, how we're viewing life in our philosophies, beware lest any man spoil you through philosophy and vain deceit after the tradition of men, after the rudiments of the world, and not after Christ. The glory has departed in our land because God's people have continually gone after folly. And wisdom is to remove ourselves from folly. There's only two choices on the shelf, pleasing God or pleasing self. If we're going to please God, we must be obedient to perform the task of removing ourselves from folly. It's so it's so clear in this text that this action, you know, goes together hand in glove with the attitude of prayer and praise. We act out a life that's willing to hear, believe, and obey what God says to do, and a separation from sin, from foolishness and wickedness on a daily basis. This is the path to letting the glory come back. The glory is departed. God isn't pleased many times. Instead of shining his glory, we actually hinder his glory. May God help the glory to return to our land. In verse 9, surely his salvation is nigh them that fear him, which is the third part of our action. It is a fear of God. An awful awareness of the present power, presence, power, and majesty of God. Jonathan Edwards says, is the first step to revival. The people who do know their God will be strong and do great exploits. We need to not fear men, but fear God. The fear of man bringeth a snare, but whoso putteth his trust in the Lord shall be safe. So God calls us here to set him all up on high, to know him for what he really is, and to trust him 
for what he is accomplishing in and through our lives. Are you a person who fears God? Are you a person who's turning from folly? Are you a person who's actively wanting to hear, believe, and do what God says? This is the step to being revived. Wilt thou not revive us again? So I hope today that you will activate your prayer. That you won't just be a person who who says that you want God's reviving work, but you will obey and act as if that's what's happening in your life. May God help the glory to come back to our land and may it start with you and me. Do we really want revival? Do we really want God's power? Then this is the steps we must take to praise, to pray, and to be obedient, perform what God would want us to do. May God help us to live this out today. Thanks for listening to the Walk Talks podcast. Hope it's a blessing to you and can be a challenge in your life today. Have a great day. Thanks for listening to the Walk Talks podcast. We trust that what you've heard today has challenged your walk with God. It is our prayer that through this podcast, every listener would strive to become more like Christ and faithfully live for Him each and every day. Join us next time, and God bless.